What's up, Middle Georgia Dog Pound? Welcome to another edition of the Middle Georgia Dog Pound Live. I'm your host, Brian. Matt, Kevin, what's up, fellas? What's up, brother? What's up, man? What a long off week that was, my friends. Long time to go without watching the dogs play. Uh, Looking forward to another great week, seeing our dogs take it to the Florida Gators. Have no worries whatsoever. But to ensure that we take care of business, we're definitely going to get into it, break down the offense and the defense and what the dogs need to do to to pull off a win there in Jacksonville. But but before we get into that, a few housekeeping tidbits. I want to remind you guys that if this is your first time on the show, go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook to get permission to show your comment on the screen. We would love to hear from you. Also, um, in the event that you have an item or a product uh, or a business that you want to promote or you just want to be on the show, hit us up at middlegeorgiadogpound at gmail.com. That's middlegeadawgpound at gmail.com. So looking forward to uh, hearing from you guys. So guys, uh, as you know, you are not a true dog fan if you are not a gator hater. That is what I always say, Uh, Gator Hater to the core, right here on the Dog Pound. I believe all three of us, uh, we hate the Gators more than any other team in the SEC. Um, Just cannot wait to take it to them this week. Uh, Game's going to be at 3.30 on CBS. Uh, If you guys didn't already know, uh, make sure you tune in. We get to hear the the infamous uh, Gary donaldson and um just enjoy his commentary the entire game and how he uh just loves the gators and you know talks them all up the entire game so just get ready for that so you'll enjoy that piece got a question real quick go for it do we hear alabama's being being mentioned by gary uh over under five times yeah, at least five times. At least five times. Yeah, I saw it on the field, and he will name it. He will say Alabama at least four or five times in that that broadcast. I'm sure he will. I am sure he will. So as you know, uh, you know, Gators. These colors don't run. They also don't block, kick, tack, catch, tackle, <laughs> or win either. So, so you guys, I guess you heard about the uh, statement that came out from the Georgia Florida camp uh, about the uh, game. Between the universities, it looks like that they are looking into continuing that contract with the city of Jacksonville. What's your thoughts on this, man? I mean, Matt, what do you think about continuing the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? So it's two sides of the same coin kind of thing to me. Yes, at one end, I know it's all about money. I know that's what it's ultimately what's about. This is the biggest event that that city has each year doesn't matter what's going on i don't care if the president comes to town there's more people showing up to this georgia game inside the state outside the state than any other event event during that that uh that calendar year so it's about money for them and i get that but i would love to have the home at home i just think there's i just something about having to every other year lose a home game uh for no reason just bothers me just don't think it's fair for us and then go play in their state, yeah, it's a neutral site, but it's in their state. Uh, and so I know they can always, people always say the same thing about us when we play it, you know, at um, Mercedes Benz. That's our home place because it's in Georgia and Atlanta. But I mean, it's, a, it's different. So I would just 
I would like to be back to the home and home, get those recruits in there for the atmosphere, and I think it would be all great. I agree. What do you think, Kevin? I mean, do you think that it's a disadvantage for Georgia versus other teams? I mean, you think about think about Alabama and Auburn. They used to have Al- the, the uh, uh, Iron Bowl over in Birmingham, right? And uh, was that Pat? Was it Pat Dye that uh, was the Auburn coach that pushed to have that game move to a home-and-home? Home? I mean, uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's changed the rivalry at all, in my opinion. You still call it the Iron Bowl, even though it's played at a home-and-home. Home. What do you think? I don't think it would change the rivalry at all. I think the only reason it's stuck there is just so rooted in tradition that it's always been played in Jacksonville. Um, I think it would be – beneficial for both programs i mean you go back and you look at some of these interviews of these past players and they're asked you know was the one thing you missed and they're actually say they actually get to play in the swamp you know that's something they never get to experience and and flip that coin and and florida players never get to come and experience athens the whole time of their college career um you know if they want to do a um you know, split season, you know, figure out something to still bring some revenue to that city. That's fine. You know, do a home and home and then have one, um, one game played in Jacksonville because of the tradition. I don't, I don't see a problem with that, but I don't know how they'd work that out. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. Um, the, the, I think the, the thing that Georgia is looking at and looking at it with the new SEC schedule, you know, of adding Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC schedule, is they you're wanting to rotate these teams where we're getting these getting the West teams and seeing them on a more frequent basis, and you're not going to be able to do that by having uh, limiting yourself on how many home games that you can have in your stadium um, and and trying to continue a, a tradition that. Only a select few can attend. Uh, and I think Matt and I talked about this before the show started is, you know, folks like your, yourself and myself and Matt, you know, we can't afford to go to Jacksonville and spend a ton of money uh, on tickets and, and places to stay and take our family to a football game versus going to Athens and just driving up there for the day and driving back home. So that's that's what the issue is for me is just yep. that, it's it's a hassle to go to that game, and I know the folks that you know have been doing this for years, and they make that ver- their vacation and stay in uh, over in St. Simons and have their boats and yachts and stuff that they take mm-hmm. to the football games. Those are the ones that have the money, and they probably got the most pool. But I could care less whether we stay down there or not. To be honest with you, yeah, it's definitely not conducive to your average um, college football fan. That's for sure. And the other thing is, it's not. Uh, this takes away when it's your home game. This takes away a, an opportunity to bring um, recruits into your facility for a big time game and uh, show off your home field and and show off at uh, you know Athens tradition and and watch them beat down the Gators. Absolutely. Well, we had a. Had an interesting week in football, didn't we? I mean, uh, I I think we uh, kind of missed the mark on a few games, but the one that I feel like that we missed the mark on the 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 most was that Texas A and M South Carolina game. Uh, did not expect Texas A and M to go in and lose that game. 
Uh, that's their third loss in a row of the season. Uh, Kevin sent me this earlier. It says A&M really went from a preseason six uh, uh, team to a fighting for a spot in the Birmingham Bowl. And, and Kevin's like, they might not even make it at all. And I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, kind yeah, of look crazy. At the, look at the teams that they're, they're fixing to have to go play. I mean, there's a good chance that they don't even go 500 for the season. And who who could imagine that at the start of the season? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, Matt. Matt. I said six and six at the beginning of the season. You can't return you nine. You can't return seven starters and think you're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, yes. You know, we talked about what the crazy buyout is. I mean, it's, it's unattainable, uh, I guess, unless you got some super, super duper oil money, right? But I mean, it's unattainable. I mean, the, the, the fans already, boosters are already asking, so how much would, you know, was going to cost for Jimbo to buy him out. And uh, so this was the answer they got. Over a billion, billion dollars. That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a ton of money. More than more money than I can count. That's for sure. Uh, but he is, he loses this week at home. He's going to be on the hot seat. Uh, I don't care. He's going to have to fire somebody. Somebody's getting rolled after this week if they lose at home. And I I, I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, they're going to get dealt a loss, unfortunately. Well, man, uh, you guys want to get into the Florida Gators? What do you say? Do it. Let's do it. Remember when Remember Lindsey when ran? When, ran? when we pulled when off we the, pulled upset? the upset? Remember when Remember Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Chalk and the whole and the team whole flooded team the field? Team the field, 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 field and Stafford to Master Clock and to Henderson. Henderson. Remember when Remember Sony, when broke, Sony loose? broke loose? And Cager and broke their heart. Their heart. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Remember when I made that catch? Mitchell makes the catch. He breaks the way. This game's got a lot of iconic moments. Legends are born on the banks of the St. John's River. It's a rivalry that stands the test of time. That's what you want. A little hate. A lot of disdain. Dogs on top. We were gone. Georgia and Florida. A stadium split in half. A battle line. Red and black versus orange and blue. 365 days of tension building up for this game. College football's greatest rivalry. This Saturday is no ordinary Saturday. It's this team's moment to rewrite history. This team's moment to take what's ours. This team's moment to be legendary. And that moment's here. So let's take it. Awesome, awesome. That trailer gets me fired up every time I watch it. Um, yep. Cannot wait to see what, what we can do in Jacksonville. But, Mr. Matt, tell us about the Gators, man. Tell us who we need to be looking out for on the Gators offense. All right, so as we're looking at the, the, the Florida Gators offense, um, in the SEC, they are the number four rushing offense in the SEC. I would be expected. I think we all kind of knew that was – 
that was the deal before we can look at the stats. Uh, they're the 12th passing offense as well. Um, and so total offense in general, they are um, about the number eight total offense in the SEC uh, with a 31 points per game average, which it actually surprised me a little bit. I thought it was a little less than that, but 31 points a game that they're averaging in this offense. So as we get the, uh, the picture up there of their starting quarterback, um, they call him what they, they, his nickname is what uh, he says, um, AR 15 or whatever his name was, but um, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, uh, he's throwing right now for about 1300 plus yards. He's got six touchdowns and seven interceptions. I don't think he has first touchdown until the third or fourth game of the season. So he's not very strong. I mean, the all the NFL scouts, all the social media, all the mass media across the, the country love this guy, start the season. And thought he was going to be the next next greatest thing next to you know Cam Newton, and to come to find out he's about as big as a disappointment as most of us folks as uh, as we thought he would be on this side of the table. Um, but doesn't mean he's not talented. Uh, he does have he does have a strong arm. I don't think he just doesn't know how to control it. Uh, everything's a fastball. Uh, doesn't make good decisions we, as we saw last year when we played him as, as well. So I think we put some pressure on him, keep him inside the pocket. Make them make them beat us passing and not rushing. I think we should be okay. Our rushing defense is pretty is pretty stout, so I think we'll control that that aspect of the game. As we get into the running backs, um, he also is their second leading rusher. I think we have the passing stats with there, but his he's also a second leading rusher for them as well with six hundred and seventy yards rushing. So I got the next three guys up um, who are their, their running backs. Uh, their their leading running back. I'm um, sorry, their um, seventy yards. Their leading running back is um, Montreal Johnson Jr. He's got 425 yards. The good thing with this team is kind of like it's kind of a little. It sounds bad, but they're a little bit of a mirror of kind of how Georgia is. They have a lot of guys they spread the ball out to, so they may, they don't have one big dominant running uh, running back. They have they have, they they spread the, the the majority of the running yards out amongst the four guys with the which is Anthony uh, Montreal here and also a, a familiar name we have. Our next guy up here is uh, Trevor Etienne. I guess I say his name. Um, his uh, brother was the running back from Clemson. Um, this is his freshman year there at at, at, um, at Florida, and he's already rushed for 334 yards as well. So um, I think he's got he, – he rushes usually about for 6.3 yards per per rush, which is pretty good. Um, I, I mentioned it with Johnson as well. He's a, he's around a 7.2 yards a rush um, from Johnson. So these guys are making some good good yardage, tough yards. They're built like we like running backs here at Georgia as well. So you're going to see a lot of that similarities. Um, and their third – so their fourth leading rusher as well is not uh, – they say is not Nakua, uh, uh right. He's got about 175 rushing yards. Um, he He's averaging around four yards a carry. But he's the one who has the most the most rushes um, for the team, so they, they like him the most um, next to Montrell as well. So the thing with uh, with with Wright, he's a, he is a redshirt sophomore, but he's been there four years, so he's got the redshirt and then the COVID year he added in there. So he's been there four years. He knows knows he's he's really well seasoned. Even though he's done a lot of yards on the field. As we get to our wide receivers, um, their their main guy, which is Justin Shorter. A uh, really well-built guy. I mean, he's a solid, solid player for them. He's a redshirt COVID year junior, so his this is almost this is his fifth year technically uh, being there for them. Uh, said good build. He's got 404 yards. 
um, uh, receiving two touchdowns. Like I said, this team's not a big passing team, but these guys are solid. You watched the game from last year. He was very present and and um, and a hard guy to get down in space. Um, so these guys can can move the ball in the air if they get in the, in some space. Their next leading receiver is a guy named Ricky. Um, I guess you say Pearsall. I'm not sure I pronounced that. He's 303 yards rushing with two touchdowns as well. Um, I mean, once again, a good solid build guy, uh, good speed guy as well. And then their redshirt sophomore, Xavier Henderson. He was there last year as well, played a lot of time. You saw his name getting called a few times during the Georgia game last year. Um, 252 yards rushing. He is there. He is, he is, he's gotten more um, uh, catches than anybody else on the team. And he doesn't the most yards. He is most targeted receiver they have. Uh, their offensive line is not super stout. They're not uh, – I mean, they're very up and down when it comes to um, pass protection, but they do like to run the ball. So we'll see a lot of the ball being run, run by the quarterback out of those play options and stuff. So that's pretty much what we have for the offense. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, sir. appreciate you going through that. I wanted to uh, make sure that I covered a few things about the Gators. Um, as you guys know – that uh, their mascot happens to be a uh, a gator. Uh, got two of them, Albert and Alberta Gator. They were named after Albert Einstein. So it's Albert Einstein Gator and Alberta Gator. Hmm. Um, and apparently the gators have that's been the mascot since like 1911. Wow. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Pretty cool. Billy Napier is uh, the first-year head coach, and uh, he is out of Louisiana Lafayette. Is that what it is? I believe that's right. Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, and he is getting paid $7.1 million to coach the Gators and turn that program around. Um Got a couple of Sun Belt championships there, one uh, 2020 and, and 2021. Uh, and then he won the Sun Belt West Division four times in 2018 through 2021. So, uh, two times Sun Belt Coach of the Year. A lot of accolades for this guy. Uh, seems like the players are rec- uh, really uh, respect him. Uh, and he is, uh, he, he's, Pulled out a few good recruits there at the end of the year last year, too, which kind of surprised me because Florida was like in the bottom, like right at the bottom 50, I believe, in recruiting class. And uh, he ended up getting them in the top 30. So, um, so kudos to him. Well, let's get into, uh, let's get into that defense. What do you say? What you got right. for us, Kevin? We just got a couple of uh, players to go over here. First off is uh, Rashad Terrence. Uh, he's number 22. He's a safety. He's six foot 202. He's a sophomore, and he's an Atlanta native. Um, and he leads the Gators uh, in tackles, 55 total tackles. Uh, the biggest game he had came against Tennessee with uh, 13 tackles. Uh, he is their leader in the backfield. If you, uh, if you watch any of the games, this guy's all over the field kind of like Christopher Smith is with us. Um, this guy is an impact player, and uh, keep your eye out for him to uh, try to make some big plays in the backfield 
create some turnovers, um, just kind of create havoc uh, with our receiving core. Uh, second is Ventrell Miller. Uh, he's number 51. He's a linebacker, six foot, 221. He's a senior. Uh, he's got 50 tackles with one forced fumble. Uh, he has become a uh, bigger impact player as the season has progressed. His biggest games came against Missouri and LSU with 10 tackles in the Missouri game, 11 tackles in the LSU game um, for 21 tackles combined. Um, this guy is uh, – he's – Pretty formidable uh, force uh, in their linebacking core. Uh, he looks to, to disrupt uh, the run game um, and uh, create havoc on the line. Uh, and a third uh, player is Amari Bernie. He's 6'2", 228. He's a linebacker. He's a senior. Uh, it seems like they got uh, several senior linebackers, which helps with their leadership and their uh, – on their defense. Uh, he's had his 44 tackles, four sacks, one forced fumble, one interception. And his biggest game came also against Tennessee with eight tackles, two sacks, and one forced fumble. Um, so just keep your eye out for these, uh, these senior uh, linebackers uh, as we go into this game. And, Last but not least, uh, a, a name that we're all familiar with is Brenton Cox. Uh, he's a UGA transfer. Um, he is number one. He's a junior, 6'3", 252 pounds, uh, 33 total tackles, uh, two sacks. Um, he's a familiar, you know, he's familiar with our offense, uh, you know, because he spent time at UGA and uh, kind of has an idea of how they're going to operate their offense. But one of the main reasons that I put him on our watch list is he had the gall earlier in the season to put out this nice little tweet that we see here. And I don't think that uh, he remembers too well of what UGA um, did. As you can see there, it says, better get ready for me. Um, I think you uh, should show that little clip of what um, Stetson did to him last year in the little rivalry game. They fake it to him. Cox giving chase on Bennett. Bennett's going to take off on his own. Stetson Bennett inside the 10. That was beautiful, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he might want to go back and uh, check himself at the door before he starts putting out tweets like that. So, yeah. Brenton Cox is number one on the field and number one in our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, guys, what do you want to see out of Georgia this this week? I mean, what what do you want to see uh, on the field? What kind of improvement? I guess is what I'm looking for. What improvement are you looking for from the team uh, against Florida that will set us up going forward? I think the main thing is just to continue to improve on our run game. I mean, they made tremendous strides in the past, what, two games? 
Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be another opportunity to continue to improve on that run game and 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 just make it more dynamic. I also want to see uh, more of the tight end show that we've been seeing. Um, they they have uh, developed new um, impactful ways to get these tight ends involved, and with our our receiving core injured the way it is, you know we've definitely got to use the assets that we have at our own on hand. Got you. Got you. Matt, what you think, buddy? So I think offensively, I want to see us be more consistent on third downs. I think early this season, we were really converting on third downs, no matter if it was third and long or third and short. Um, and I think that's really what helped us sustain drives. So even if it's, you know, come Saturday, if we don't, you know, put points on the board. I don't want to see three and outs. I want to see us get third downs and move the ball, keep their defense on the field. Um, and even if it's lining up for even if it's lining up for a field goal, I want to see us convert more on third downs. Um, on defensively, I don't want to see us give it the big play. That's been kind of our Achilles heel for us. Um, and some of the defensive stuff that's, that's been that's been affecting games with us is giving these teams opportunity, opportunities to stay in the game by giving them big plays. So with this run game, they're going to put a lot of pressure on our defensive line. And so with that, we need to make sure our linebackers are in their right gaps and not giving up these big runs like we did with Missouri. Um, and so things like that, I want to I want to see the improvement on and producing some turnovers or some sacks either way. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely want to see some more pressure on the quarterback. And Kirby talked a little bit about that in the press conference and whatnot, that uh, teams are – very aware of our speed and they're getting the ball out in a very quick uh, amount of time. Uh, but we've got to find ways to, to get there. Got to get home. And if we can't get home, then you, we're going to start, you're going to have quarterbacks pick us apart. So, well, guys, I got a, I got a pretty cool surprise for you. I uh, got a guest that has joined us who is, yes, who is well-renowned to our program. Ask him for a few lottery numbers, but he's he's hit on a few games and uh, been ha- trying to get him on, and I'm so happy to have him come on. Mr. Hunter Ivey! Woo! What's Hold up, him? buddy? You doing Welcome. all right, man? Oh, yeah. Dad, I, I was talking to my dad. He was giving me a cancer update, but... I got you. I got you. Well, so glad to have you on, bud. Uh, oh, yeah. Love having you comment on our show. Uh, give us your great game predictions and uh, good comments. And so we're very glad to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good to be on here. Yeah. And talk so football. We're gonna, that's right. That's right. Well, we're going to jump into the week nine games, Hunter, and uh, hear what you have to say about these games. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> So the first game is the uh, – I threw this in at the last minute, and the reason I threw it in is because if Texas A&M loses this game at home, somebody's going to get fired. So, Matt, I want to hear what you think about this game. Who, who do you think is going to pull this one off, buddy? So it's um, Ole Miss and Texas A&M, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. at, at A&M. At, like I said, like, before we talked about earlier, is that I'm, Ole Miss that has – their defense is not is not very not very good. We've seen that. So I think, but all at the same time, that that would be that good against Texas A&M's offense is terrible. I mean, Texas A&M struggles to score twenty points every game. So I really truly believe that Ole Miss will go in there 
after their embarrassment of a loss, and they will come in and beat Texas A&M uh, on the road, and Jimbo will fire his offensive coordinator uh, by Monday. Yeah, something's got to happen for sure. Kevin, what do you think, buddy? <clears throat> I'm kind of in agreement with Matt on this one. I think that uh, that Ole Miss is uh, coming off that embarrassment, and uh, I know Texas A&M is too, but, you know, this is like A&M's got the epitome of what we would describe as a dumpster fire going on right now. And uh, we thought it was going to be mm-hmm. all on Auburn, but I think Texas A&M has um, taken the cake on this one. I think Ole Miss comes in here and, and takes care of business, and I think it's going to be a big win probably by two touchdowns. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Hunter? Well, this is a uh, – yeah. <clears throat> It's a must win for both teams. I mean, Texas A&M is paying uh, Jimbo Fisher, what, $10 million a year to win four games. But I think Ole Miss takes it by 17. I like that. I like that. I like it. I like it. Well, this is the games that, uh, that Mr. Matt picked out. Kentucky versus Tennessee at Tennessee. Just heard uh, today that Tennessee was going to be in a blackout. They're going to be wearing a black helmet, a black jersey, and black pants. They're calling it dark mode. So it should be an interesting game. Matt, tell me what you think about this one, buddy. I just think this uh, the thing with, with, with Kentucky is they play up or down to their competition. That's why we can never tell what Kentucky we're going to get. They're a solid team, yes, uh, but they haven't shown the, uh, the consistency like we saw last year. Um, so I know they, they got their quarterback back and they helped them win the game last last week. Um, and if it's not for the 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 turnovers there in Ole Miss, they beat Ole Miss too. They could be undefeated as well. So I think this game will be closer than people are expecting. But I do think the crowd, the atmosphere at in in, in Tennessee will ultimately get to. Um, uh, um, Kentucky in the fourth quarter. I think Tennessee pulls out the win, maybe by 10 points in the fourth quarter. I like it. I like it. What you think, Hunter? Oh, well, you heard about, you know, everybody knows about Hannon Hooker and Tennessee's offense. <clears throat> Kentucky is actually a, their defense, they're a well defensively coached team. And I think, Tennessee may be looking into who they play next week because next week will determine their whole season. It doesn't matter how the first eight weeks went. Next week determines the whole season for Kentucky. So I think this is a trap game for Kentucky or for Tennessee. I think Kentucky pulls it out by seven. Ooh. What you think, Kevin? Fingers crossed. I'm going to concur with Hunter Ivy. You never know what you're going to get with uh, Kentucky, but I, I think this is one that they know that Tennessee is overlooking them. They're looking to Georgia. They're looking to come to Athens and upset Georgia's season and uh, make that SEC championship appearance. That's what they're looking for, and they're they're looking past Kentucky. Um, it's not even on their radar, and Kentucky knows it. And they are going to go into their house and upset them. Uh, I got Kentucky winning 38 to 34. 
Wow. I like it. I like it. Yeah, the uh, spread had Tennessee at 12 and a half points, and I, I don't know, man. I think that's that's a lot. Um, I think Kentucky's going to be ready to play. Uh, Will Levis, I think he's going to be closer to back to 100% this week. And so you're going to see a different different Kentucky team uh, than you saw the last few weeks. So, um, But it's still at home. Tennessee's going to be ready. The crowd's going to be raucous, and it's going to be uh, a tough environment for Kentucky to play in. So I'm going to give this one to Tennessee and a nail-biter. Uh, I'll, I'll take Tennessee by three on this one. I think that – I think Kentucky covers the spread, but I'll take Tennessee to win it. All right, on to our next one, Ohio State and Penn State. What do you think about this one, Matt? Um, This is I don't care bowl, but the answer is <laughs> – um, I'm gonna pick Ohio State. You know, Ohio State has played nobody. <coughs> I mean, if we if we look at their schedule, the best team they've played so far is Toledo, which yeah. is, and so the, uh, there's only three teams in the entire country who are in top ten in offense and defense. Georgia's one of them. Michigan's one of them, and Ohio State. Ohio State is that way because they have played nobody. This will be their first challenge, um, and so if they can do what what Michigan did. Then yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be it'll just show us that Penn State's not is an average team. They're not that great, but if if Penn State can use that home field advantage and really take it to them, I think it could be an interesting game. Ultimately, I think Ohio State will come out there and be the lucky Ohio State always and throw for three, four touchdowns in the first you know two quarters and just take it away by by the third, fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree with you. What you think, Kevin? Well, I had a nice little conversation with the Ohio State fan about how they had not played anybody with any kind of defense earlier this week, and they tried to make me believe that that Iowa was the team that they played that had the best defense. And I was like, "Mm, if that's the best you got, y'all are really, really bad off. Um, But I digress. Uh, They're going to – Ohio State has – played i think has beaten penn state i think it's what 15 out of 16 times they played them something like that is something ridiculous and the track record is not very good for penn state um i think this is one that uh, ohio state kind of has in the bag it's kind of one of those gimme games that they know they're going to win um i got ohio state winning this one 45 to 36 i like it like it, Hunter. What you think, buddy? This isn't even <laughs> this isn't even gonna be a game. Uh, Ohio State's too strong. I mean, yeah, Penn State's playing at home, but I mean, Michigan blew them out. Ohio State by thirty-five. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. You are probably right, my friend. Yeah, it's gonna be a blowout. That is for dang sure. Uh, right now. Got Ohio State by 15 and a half points. I think they easily cover that. Um, it's going to be an embarrassment for Penn State, unfortunately. Well, the next one is uh, Oklahoma State and Kent. I mean Kansas State. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Might as well be Kent, Kent State. I almost said Kent State. I was like, what? Wait a minute. What you think about this one, Hunter? Uh, well, Kansas State let me down last weekend. <laughs> I picked them, but I'm going with them again by 10. I like it. I like it. 
I like it a lot. What do you think, Matt? All right. So, this game is going to take about five and a half hours. <laughs> um, so, if you can decide you can stay that late and watch this game, then best to do. I'm going to take the Cowboys because I think they have more to gain and to lose with a loss or a win. So, I'm just going to stay with the away team and take the Cowboys. I like it. I like it. What do you think there, Kevin? I think this one is a, a no-brainer, and you got to go with uh, Oklahoma State. I think they this is just going to be who can outscore who, and I think Oklahoma State is going to do it. It's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a shootout, but it's, I got them 43-41. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, Arkansas and Auburn. Mm. Ugh. <laughs> I heard Matt go, ugh. Oh my goodness, Kevin! What do you think about this one, buddy? I, I don't even know what to think anymore. <laughs> I don't. Know. Ar- Arkansas has let me down so many times; <laughs> it is ridiculous. Um, but you know what? I I'm I've got to stay with Sam Pittman. I'm going to go with this one. It's going to be a close one. Uh, Arkansas pulls it out, uh, thirty-one to twenty-seven. I like that, Matt. What you think, buddy? This is why I picked this one because you just don't know who you, who to, who to who's going to win this game because, I mean, we knew Auburn was going to be suspect. They were going to be maybe a four or five win team this year, but we didn't, no one could have predicted if Arkansas have this much drop off that their defense would be this, this embarrassing. I'm going to go the opposite just because I, I don't know, man. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Auburn. I don't know why I'm going to pick Auburn. You're probably going to fault you for that. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Hunter, what you got, bud? Auburn, some reason normally Auburn plays tough at home versus on the road. I'm going Auburn by three. I like it. I like it. Well, our comments have finally started showing up, guys. Uh, John Akaki said he was calling bingo tonight at the Moose Lodge, so that's why he's not on. And then, uh, let's see, that looks like Larry Purvis, I think, was on. I don't know what he was commenting on, but he said that would be crazy. But they're just now showing up. Our comments have been down all night. I got a message from StreamYard saying that they were having a problem and uh, they had no ETA on how to fix on when it would be fixed. And then all of a sudden they just showed up. So how about that? Just in time for the game of the week, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. <gasps> That's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna let our guest uh, Hunter. You take this one, buddy. Tell us what your thoughts are on this game. Well, first of all, I never thought in this game, Georgia would be a 23-and-a-half-point favorite ever, ever. Rivalry games are normally very, very close. And like Matt said earlier, if you make Florida one-dimensional and make them throw the ball, you will beat them every time. Georgia holds uh, Florida to 75 rushing yards, 225 total yards, and they cover the score. They beat them by 24. Dude, I love that. Matt, what you think, bud? I like his head's at. Me too. If we keep them under 100 yards rushing, it will be a game of embarrassments. Um, the stat that I threw out there earlier, you guys, was one statistic. Um, three touchdowns. I'm sorry, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 
and 240 yards in two games played. That's Stetson Bennett's stats against Florida the last two games he's played. That's right, 240 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions in two whole games. So he has not played very, very well at all when it comes time to Florida. So I think uh, we're going to see a much changed Stetson Bennett this time. I think he's going to be a lot more poised, a lot more patient. Doesn't feel like he has to to impress or or win anything besides just the game. So I think uh, we'll we'll uh, minimize our own turnovers because there will be some choppiness. I think this game will be close the first quarter, and which is fine because that's you know you got teams that are playing up to you. They're going to play you hard. Uh, they're going to give you all they can. They had a they had a bye week that they had time to strategize. They're going to have the first few series already planned out. And they're going to be ready to go for the first quarter or so. So don't be too worrisome the first quarter, guys. But I think Georgia's eventually going to pull away. And kind of like uh, what, um, what Mr. Ivy said there, I'm going to go with 38-10. to 10. I like it. I like it. Kevin, what you think, bud? All right. I think this is a game that they have had two weeks to stew on. And it is – a game that they are not overlooking. Georgia never overlooks the Gators. Uh, as we started this show off, um, every Georgia fan, every Georgia player hates the Gators, cannot stand them, and that includes our head coach, Kirby Smart. Preach. We all know he is a Georgia alumni, He and if his speech, halftime speech last year told us anything, he cannot stand the Florida Gators, and he wants to break them every time that he plays them. I think that they're going to be completely ready. I think, like what Matt said, that you're going to see a totally different Stetson Bennett. You're going to see a team that has got their bruises healed up, um, and they're ready to fire on all cylinders and come out here and whoop this uh, – Sorry, Gators team. And I think it's going to be a huge win. I'm predicting at 45 to 10. Woo! Yeah, I like that. I like all of those predictions, guys. Every one of them. Um, I'm going to be a little more cautious. <laughs> going to be a little more cautious. We don't have the defense that we had last year. And... If we let Anthony Richardson break out on a few runs and hurt us, um, that that could change the momentum of this game. So one thing that I think we've got to do is keep him contained, keep him in the pocket, let him throw his bullets, uh, because once he throws a few bullets, they're going to get tipped and we'll be able to pick them off. But I still think Florida's going to score two touchdowns on us. I, I think they're going to get 17 points. I'm going to take the dogs 28 to 17. Um, and I hope that we score more points to that, but I'm going to be a little more cautious. I'm taking the cautious route. Um, I thought we would score more points on them last year and we didn't. And so uh, I'm, I'm not going to set myself up for, uh, for disappointment. <laughs> so 28, 17 is my prediction. Uh, I think we, 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 Throughout, we take over in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, I think maybe Florida gets their points early, and then we take care of business in the uh, in the third and fourth quarter there, and uh, and and seal the deal. 
Johnny Khaki says he believes that the score is going to be 35 to 13. So I like that. I like that. Well, what's uh what's your keys to the game? Let's let's talk about that. What what do you think uh, is going to be the keys for for Georgia to win? Uh, what do we have to do? Uh, final thoughts here before we sign off the show. Uh, Matt, take it away, buddy. I think I'll just go back to what I said: not giving up the big play um, on defense. I think, like, just back to your point, if we can keep them from having to do the, uh, getting big plays on us, big chunks of yards in one or two plays and make them earn their yardage and make them earn those points, I think we can really contain it and kind of go back to what Ivy said, limiting their yardage ability. If we can keep them under – to me, they, we can keep them under 150 yards total rushing between all four runners. I think that that's, a, that's going to be a, 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 a legit uh, opportunity to beat them. I think we'll keep them under 300 yards total offense. But that's my big keys to the game. We can just maintain and not let them have the big play. I like it. Kevin, what you think, bud? I think dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive. If we can do that and we can just break them and break their wheel on the line of scrimmage, offense and defense, I think that that's going to be huge. Um, I think that um, I think that goes into play with what Matt was saying, that, that will keep uh, Anthony Richardson uh, contained – as long as we can dominate that line. And I think that'd be a, a huge, huge thing. I agree. I agree. Hunter, what you think, man? What do you think <clears throat> the keys to this game is going to be? Well, games like this are always won in the trenches every single time. And <clears throat> as I agree with what both they said, in order for Georgia to pull off this W, we have to, one, contain, contain Richardson and stop those long runs which you can do that by putting a spy on a linebacker spy on him or something like that. But we cannot let him get contained uncontained because when he does that, he is at his best and you have to make him try to beat you with his arm, which he's not going to do. I mean, yeah, he, he's put up what one game. He put up 300 yards, but that was against the scrub Tennessee defense. He's not going to do that. We have to contain him and dominate the line of scrimmage, and we will win this game. I like it. I like it. I I really think that I want to see um, some really good play out of our DBs. Um, as you guys know, we, we heard today that Dan Jackson had a stress fracture. I don't know that we heard exactly where the stress fracture was, but it was likely to require surgery and he was likely going to be out for the remainder of the season. I mean, as you know, that experienced, uh, we, we are, we have a very raw DB room, right? So these are all new guys, um, Chris Smith, Dan Jackson, and Keely Ringo uh, were the veterans. And, uh, for us to lose Dan Jackson, it's, 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 it's a big hit to that DB room. So, I say all that to say um, I really want to see these DBs step up. Uh, I'm looking for big things out of them. I'm looking for big things out of Smile Mondum. We really missed him the past few games that he's been out. And so, for me, I think we're going to need to see a key, uh, see some 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 uh, good play out of those few individuals that we've been missing out of the out of our uh, defense. But. Um, 
but we lost we lost Mr. Ivy. Well, I hate that. But uh, anyhow, um, guys, I'm sure I'm looking forward to the game. I will be watching it intently. Uh, I want to remind everybody, hey, invite your friends to join the Middle Georgia Dog Pound if you haven't done so already. Join in the conversation. Uh, join in the Dog Pound family. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, hit us up on the show. Uh, send us your questions, comments. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you. Uh, we had to this this show. We've had to drag it out because we didn't have a game to uh, to re- to recap. But uh, we will definitely be back next week. We were recapping this big win because I know we're going to take it home and uh, take care of those Florida lousy stinking Gators, is what I like to call them. Swamp lizards. What was that, bud? Swamp lizards, right? That's right. Them swamp lizards. That's exactly <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's send this thing out, right, guys. I got to uh, 30, yeah. get you get your food ready. Do not leave that television set for one second. You're gonna need to be pulling for them dogs so that we can take home some gator tail. Throw that thing on the on the pit and uh, fire us up with old gator tail for old Kirby. And I'm Brian, Mr. Hunter, I, Evan. Four-finger winner, Mr. Matt. We're going to turn it off and go dogs! Go dogs!